Hey guys, so it's really late right now, but I just saw a video on Instagram and it was basically about how, like, if you have kids, um, you shouldn't take them questioning things as a sign of disobedience. You should take it as a sign of them, like, being inquisitive and being able to think for themselves. And... This is something that I really have, I feel very strongly about. Um, I had an experience maybe like a few months ago where um, a friend came to me and was like, another friend is unhappy with you, you need to apologise. And I was like, okay, well, I'll find out what I need to apologise for and then I'll apologise. And he was like, stop being such a princess and just go and apologise. And I was like... It doesn't make me a princess to want to know what I'm apologising for because otherwise the apology is going to be inauthentic, you know? And it's kind of stuck with me and, like, it massively pissed me off because I feel like a lot of people have this idea that you have to be... Especially from a female perspective, right? I think a lot of women will understand this is the, like, keep sweet and obey mentality. Sorry, I know that's a TV show. Um, but you get my point of, like, we just have to put up and deal with it and, like, apologise where we need to apologise. And even if we don't think we've done anything wrong. And I've never really ascribed to that belief. Like, I think that there's a difference between perspectives in the sense of you might not, understand that <clears throat> what you've done oh my god sorry what you've done would have affected someone else but being able to sort of take accountability and sorry I really need to cough <clears throat> sorry I don't edit my videos so when I need to cough it's really awkward because then I know that I've coughed but anyway sorry I'm sidetracking um yeah when like being able to understand like that what you've done has upset someone regardless of like whether or not it would be something that's upset you if that makes sense um that doesn't take away from being able to take accountability you know like say for example uh let me think of an example you say something I've definitely used this example before but you say something you make like a nonchalant comment about um what someone's wearing or um the choice someone made in a day and to someone that the, the that's an insecurity for them. So say it's to do with, like, what someone's wearing. If they really thought about what they were wearing that day and you know, or not necessarily you know, but insecurities for them are to do with how they dress and what they wear and what they look like, it's going to hit them a lot harder than someone who's super secure in how they dress um, or just doesn't really factor it in and it just kind of, like, you know, water off dog's back. And... I think that's the thing that I mean is when I say that you can take accountability and you can be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can understand that that, like, affected you in that way. But, like, it, I did, it didn't come from a place of harm or a place of, like... I, what's the word? Like, with malicious intent, I guess. And I think that's something that I want to make really clear is to not confuse the two because I think when 
in, in this example that I was explaining previously where I was saying, like, I want to find out what I'm apologising for. I think he took that as, you just don't want to apologise, you're just being difficult, you're just this, you're just that, whatever. And I think this is a really common thing that people have to deal with, is, like, the... Sorry, I've, I've come to the conclusion that I say like a lot, and I'm really trying not to do that. So I'm very aware of it. I listened to one of my podcasts back, and it literally made me feel ill. Um, but, yeah, I think that we kind of are bred as people pleasers by nature and when we don't want to please someone whether that's innate or whether that's through self-development say for example if you're if you've gone if you realize that you're a people pleaser and that you are like you have those tendencies and then you say, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to try and, you know, live more for me and not disregard other people's emotions because that's not what this is. But I do find that when you start, if you've lived this way your whole life, I guess it doesn't affect you that much. But um, when you start deciding not to people please, a lot of people don't like it um, and they don't understand it and they also don't deal with it well and they think you're being selfish or you're being arrogant or you're being rude or you don't care about them and it's not that it's just that before the care was coming from a place of like I said keeping people sweet and making sure that everyone else around you is happy and I think I can kind of speak from both sides of this because I grew up as a child that was very much you're not going to tell me what to do. I don't know why I had that mentality, but growing up I was just very much like you're not better than me. I don't care that you're like my elder or that you're an adult or that you're popular or what like I don't care what you think you are, what status you think you have. That doesn't make you innately better than me. Like no one's better than anyone else. Everyone's on this equal playing field. So I would just speak my mind. And I think people thought that that like, gave me some kind of superiority complex. I remember once this boy in school was like, you've just got so much to say and you just shouldn't say it. And like, you think you're better than everyone else because you say whatever's on your mind. And I was like, no, it's not because I think I'm better than anyone else. It's because I think I'm equal to everyone else. And I don't think I should have to censor my thoughts to appease you because clearly this person thought that they they didn't agree with what I was saying and they wanted me to shut up and there's one thing I'm not going to do is listen to other people (laughs) respectfully my 14 year old self I was actually like a beast when it came to my words I would I was actually outlandish some of the things I would say was so out of pocket but it is what I thought so fair play to me for doing it anyway and then um I think when I say from the other side of it, I can kind of speak from having, I don't know, anxiety or not necessarily depression. I guess depression would come into it, but not not so much from my perspective. Um, Sort of any experience that maybe knocks your confidence a bit or makes you feel like you lose communication skills. I mean, I definitely found that when I was in college... 
I had real trouble communicating and that was what when I was like 16, 17. And I felt almost as though I like lost my voice a bit. So I kind of feel like I understand coming from the other side of it of just saying whatever to make people happy and like keeping I think it comes with the the people that you socialize with and the people that you engage with you kind of you learn in a way that you will behave authentically around someone until they show you that they don't like that and then you've kind of either got the choice to change to keep them happy or to keeping yourself and keep upsetting them and I think what most of us do and I think this is why this is so sort of this is a real crucial conversation to have sort of around your early 20s is because many of us go through friendship changes or lifestyle changes job changes and everything you know like we go through a lot of changes around the sort of 16 to 20 mark leaving school is a very turbulent time and I think we surround ourselves with a lot of different people that have a lot of different expectations of us and who we should be and we can't always live up to that you know um and I think a big thing is when we get knocked down a peg or someone's like you can't say that or you need to do this or you need to do that or whatever especially in a career aspect if that person is controlling your finances or controlling your social status so like take for example I'm trying to think of an example um (laughs) this is not an English thing but say you're in a sorority I know I have like American people that watch this listen to me so maybe this will make sense for you probably doesn't make sense for me it's just an example that's coming to my head but I know that in sorority systems it's very much like you have to be careful about what you say and how you say things and who you speak to because um, the people that like run the sorority can like dock points off you I don't know if it like works in the point system but they can like make your life hell basically if you don't please them and I think it goes back to this thing again of like you sorry I keep saying like I think it's just part of my vocabulary and people just have to deal with it and actually no one's pointed out except for me it's just my own insecurity sorry um but yeah I think we are from the age of about four told that inquisitivity is wrong and challenging the norms are wrong and everything's just the way it is and you should just deal with it and you know basically you can't change anything so stop trying and I think a lot of people kind of just deal with that mentality and they're just like fine that's fine or maybe they didn't want to deal with that mentality but then they dealt with so much backlash and so much a hatred from their family or their peers or their co-workers or their friends or whatever that they almost felt like pushed into this box and I think this is kind of an authenticity debate as well because at the end of the day I've had friends that have said things to me and I'm like with chest 
you say that with chest, like, that's not really, a, like, an appropriate thing to say, but again, that's just my perspective, and there's definitely been times where I've been, like, that's really, you, like, you're mean, you can't say that, that's mean, and there's definitely been times where people have said to me, like, you're mean, that's mean, you can't say that, you can't do that, and I think it's one of those things where it's really hard to navigate because we don't live in a society where we're taught to communicate. So it's hard to navigate when, am I triggered because that person's actually being a prick or am I triggered because of my own insecurities? And learning to differentiate between the two is super difficult, especially when the lines are really blurred because even though it might be something that is a trigger for you, maybe they should have also had the sort of understanding of you know that's not something that's just like calm to say to people and I think when you look at in the sense of people trying to push the boundaries of what's expected there's definitely a line like I think there's a difference between a child saying well like why are two men in a relationship because they're trying to understand more about the LGBTQ community, um, but someone who is comes from a homophobic family wouldn't take that well, and they would take that as an uncomfortable conversation that they don't want to deal with, and the child would probably be punished for that. And to that child, that child is then going to have a negative outlook and mindset on that gay couple that they saw together not because of anything that the, that the couple did wrong, but because of the memories and the emotions associated with asking that question. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like, not only is it going to stop them from asking questions and learning more about the world, it's also going to attach negative connotations with uncomfortable subjects. And this is kind of, I think, how things become taboo and how things become uncomfortable to... To communicate if you look in history things that are stereotypically uncomfortable that are now becoming more talked about they're not becoming more talked about because someone just woke up one day and decided it was easy to talk about it this has come through years of protest and years of trying to get people to talk about this I mean pride didn't just start this year you know um also it's like pride month at the minute so go pride um, I don't know when the Bristol Pride... I actually think the Bristol Pride was, like, last week, so... I can't promote Bristol Pride because it's gone, unfortunately. But I'm just using that as an example. Um, but support Pride, if there's one coming up near you. Um, but, yeah, I think it's... If you look at sort of taboo subjects throughout history, kids quite often will be the ones that will be like, but Why? And I think quite often people don't actually have the answers. And one thing about humans is that they want to feel like they know everything. It's like a known thing about the human brain is that it, if we don't know about something or if we feel like we don't have like a good level of understanding about a subject, it makes us feel inferior or it makes us feel threatened because we then feel like we're not enough of whatever category we're trying to fall into because we're always trying to put ourselves into every single category because everything has to apply to us all the time um and I think that's why 
uh, you've probably seen this floating around online, but it's like a really common thing now that if you're not educated on something or someone asks you a question about something, you just say, I'm not educated enough about that. Um, like I will, like, I can't really speak on it. I don't know enough. Instead of just splurting whatever comes to mind that isn't really an educated response, you know? And I think that's one thing that's really good about social media is it teaches us sort of better ways to handle those difficult situations instead of, so when that child does ask, why is why is that two men holding hands together? Why are they kissing? You can say, if you don't actually genuinely know anything, I mean, I don't know who doesn't know about gay couples. I feel like it's not like an unknown thing, but I can't really think of another example. But if you genuinely don't, I mean, if you like live under a rock, you can just say, well, I don't know. Instead of just being like, oh, we're not talking about this. And giving that child some like negative brain reconstruction towards that couple that did nothing wrong because just because it makes you uncomfortable I think that's another thing is if you don't know something about something and someone else being inquisitive and asking you about it is making you uncomfortable you don't have to know everything about everything you don't have to have all the answers you don't have to have the reasons behind why things are the way they are to want to adopt those mindsets but I also think that comes along with like again this thing of keep sweet is for me personally and this is definitely like a the ADHD autistic side of my brain is like I don't just conscribe to things for no reason everything I do is pretty purposeful and so that's one thing that doesn't make sense to me purely because I do have a neurodivergent brain um, so maybe someone with a normal functioning, say normal, I shouldn't say normal, but, uh, like a, a neurological brain could answer that better than I can. I'm not really licensed to speak on that because I don't live that life. I don't have that brain type. Um, but I think that a lot of people don't question things purely because they don't care and purely because maybe they tried and they were shut down. And also partly because I think people just get on with it. Like people just take things at face value. And if someone looks like they're in a power of authority or they're, they, if they look like they know what they're talking about, you're likely to believe them. I think, I don't know who did the study, but there's a study by um, some psychologist who got dressed up in a lab coat and apparently people believed him way more because he had a lab coat on, even though he was not qualified to talk about anything that he was talking about. And it was all lies or something. I don't know the exact name of that study, but it's just kind of this interesting thing. It's kind of like Stanford Prison Experiment as well, where, like, just because you wear the clothes or you dress the part or you think you know, like, visibly, it's all to do with the aesthetic. If someone looks like they know what you're ta they're talking about you're more likely to listen to them and you're more inclined to pay attention to what they've got to say, which is just, like, so mindfuck-y because it's just, it's like, ah, oh, you don't actually know, but... It's like, think about, like, the Nazis and, like, all, all of these... Like, did, did all of those Nazis know what they were doing? Were they okay with it? Was it brainwashing? Was it because they had the outfit on? They felt like they were part of something? 
Was it Hitler's, like, mind control? Like, what was it that actually made them behave that way and made them think what they were doing was okay? Why did they set themselves apart from other people? And this this goes back way throughout history. If you look at all throughout, like, let's look at, like, My Fair Lady. She puts on the dress, she learns the accent. She's the same person inside, but all of a sudden she's opened up to all these new opportunities and experiences and this higher, I say, calibre of people. That's not... I'm using air quotes because I don't believe in different calibres of human being. But purely because she speaks with the proper accent and goes to the race course, she now has the potential to be rich and famous. I say famous, it's not famous, but... You know what I mean? Like, why is it that just because certain people think a certain way or dress a certain way or born into a certain something they think they have more like power or dominance or in intelligence or integrity or right to be there than someone who doesn't have any of those accolades around them accolades accolades I'm not sure um and I think this is this is a very wide debate. I know I kind of started going into it talking about, like, kids and, n- like, sort of not questioning them and when they, like, when they want to ask questions, and I'm sorry, my brain's turning to mush, it's really late. But when they want to ask questions and they want to do things that aren't, I guess, like, necessarily in the norm, but it kind of is that thing of social mobility and, and like we didn't get anywhere by not questioning things and them them children that are now asking you why ugh, like what's a recent social controversy i guess you could say like the chinese concentration camps i mean i don't know many kids that are aware of that i mean i guess there will be but big social controversies the same the same way now that i guess muslims in china are being held in concentration camps you can apply this to jews in concentration camps with the nazi reign is like uh, like those kids back in the day like i'm sure there were some that were questioning it but because of the way that their power structure operated they weren't allowed to question it doesn't mean that they probably weren't internally like what's going on and we know that people were questioning the authority because people were harboring jews and like trying to keep them safe and keep them hidden and and whatever and it's just it's baffling to me how when someone thinks differently about something or when someone has a different outlook on something or looks different or how these differences are so like demonized I guess is the word I want to use like if if I want to understand reasoning behind something I'm told I'm being difficult or I'm told to just like just do it and just get on with it and like I don't know about that and I think it's one thing that like I really it definitely does trigger me maybe that's why I'm talking about it it's a bit like trauma dump but why tell someone to just do something without 
having any sort of understanding or logic behind it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I just don't understand it. And I think, again, like like I said, it is because I do have a neurodivergent brain. Like, my brain just doesn't work that way. I don't just do things to just do them. Like, I don't, I don't understand. So maybe this is more of a... I leave you with a question. To all of the people that are neurotypical out there, why do you do things just to do them? Or why would you do something just because it's predictable? I guess I've answered my own question because it's predictable. But when it comes to, like, things like I explained earlier about, like, being told to apologise, why... Why would I, why would you just do it? Is it to make things easier? But to me, it's not making it, it doesn't make it feel easier for me. It might make it easier to the people around me, but respectfully, like, I'm not living my life for other people. I'm living my life for myself. So why would you live your life for someone else? Do you see what I mean? This is a very abstract concept. Like, if we are looking at, like, these historical examples that I've given if we look at like I guess the Jews and then the Nazi era the people that harbored the Jews were they doing that for themselves or were they doing it for someone else was it an act of compassion or was it an act of defiance arguably both but at the same time it wasn't they weren't doing it just to do it they were doing it to help someone else, but they were helping one group that they knew was being affected, but the other group that was, like, all high and mighty and was all being, like, socially praised, I guess, was, th- that, that was an active defiance. So, so why is it that sometimes throughout history we can, I guess if you take all of history into factor and you factor in the smallest, tiniest things from being asked to apologise, because being honest, that's like a super minute example and I'm not trying to compare that to the Nazi reign in any way. I'm just trying to explain like the, the complete like depth of this question and the range from how minor it can be from something as simple as being asked to apologize for something to something as giant as harboring I say fugitives obviously they were fugitives in that day against like a superpower force army that basically you would like lose your life or you would be in super duper big trouble if you found out like why is it that some people are able to come to these conclusions and, and other people aren't? And is it moral fibre or is it mental toughness or is it just having your own thoughts and feelings? Or like, why can some people do it and some people can't? I think that's the question I leave you with. So if you've made it this far, you can comment under this podcast. Please do, because I would really be interested to know your thoughts because I'm scratching my head. I don't, You might actually be able to hear it because I actually am scratching my head. But, yeah, I think I've confused myself even more than I have when I went into this podcast. (laughs) But that's all from me today. Thank you, guys. Love you.